good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition Chewing the Fat Podcast Episode. 42. Oh yeah, I was going to say 41, but 41's already been in gone. I've been living in the past. You did just say to me 42 two minutes ago. In the past, man, in the past, man. Joe, Yes. our subject for today's podcast slash live video is mastering willpower and emotional eating. Who's willpower? Aye, aye. (laughs) You you took my joke. Totally unrehearsed. Mm. Right then. Classic. So, a big issue for lots of people. Lots of people struggle with uh, willpower, motivation, handling their emotions, eating their emotions. A lot of people will kind of, it's quite a vague thing, isn't it, willpower? It's not a tangible resource or people will argue this. It's not something that you can see being improved or necessarily feel being improved. Or you might feel it some days and lose it some others. It's not something we can sell. Yes, unfortunately, if only. So there's lots of books out there on how to work on this. And then I've been doing some reading recently. It's kind of tied in some of my other reading that I've done before. And we thought it'd be something quite interesting because I've been typing it to quite a few people. The Hungry Caterpillar. So I thought we'd put it out today. No, a little bit longer than that. This guy called Mark Manson. I've put a few blogs up before. He's got a book called A Book About Hope, Everything's Fucked, which is quite an interesting title. And he talks about how you've got different parts of your brain. So people who've read The Chimp Paradox will know about this, so the idea that there is an instinctive part of your brain which will just run off what you want in the moment and then a more conscious part of your brain. So often these books will talk in quite vague terms and the way that I'll read them is to then try and interpret it from like a fat loss perspective, because obviously that's what I do most of the time. And you see this an awful lot in that people will have conscious goals, like they know rationally what they need to do to achieve a goal. So if they want to lose weight, they know they need to exercise, they need to drink less wine, eat less chocolate, eat more protein and veg. And fuck me, if you've listened to 41 of these podcasts before, you'll know that you need to eat more protein and veg. So you know what to do. But the issue then is that people have these moments where the chimp or this internal voice will say, fuck that, yeah, fuck this off, let's eat whatever we want. You've deserved it, you've had a tough day. This is a totally rational decision. And we like to think that we're in control of our brains, but actually the instinctive brain is much quicker to think and is very powerful. And a lot of our decisions will be driven by these instinctive emotions. So then how do you get around that? Yeah, I think this falls into a lot uh, or an issue that lots of people have when they say this self-sabotage. They'll see a certain amount of progress and then kind of foot comes off the gas or they'll deliberately start fucking up as well. And it's an interesting one. The book's really good. I've about a quarter of the way through it. And he was saying that your emotes, the way that Mark Manson phrases it is you've got kind of your emotive brain and your rational brain. So the emotive brain will think a lot faster and will then say, you deserve some chocolate, you should have one. And it, the two sides of the brain will kind of talk to one another. 
And then the emotive side will, will rationalize, will justify to the rational part of our brain. And we see this loads of clients. People will have a shit weekend or, and then they'll justify and say, and the one I see most is, this wasn't as bad as before. Mm. I used to do this. And that's cool if you're losing weight. So if someone loses a pound or two a week, normally a pound or even half a pound, and they say, you know, this was better than before and I've lost weight and that's brilliant. The issue comes when people are living off these better than before goals and not actually any progress. So someone will maintain weight for a month on end and they'll say, I feel loads better, I'm making better decisions. That's cool, but actually are you? Because the calories must be the same. You're still getting them in from somewhere or you're not burning as many. Something's not changing because your body's not changing. And it's kind of the hard truth sometimes a coach to say to someone, are you happy with these results? And they say, yes. And you say, I've just got to be honest because I want to get the most from you and get you the best results possible. Your questionnaire said you wanted to lose a stone in 13 weeks. And so far you've lost nothing in four. So that's when it can be a tough one as a coach because you have to kind of push people a bit when they're saying they're content to almost be discontent and to ask for more because there's nothing wrong with that, especially if, you know, I don't want people to get to the end of their 13 weeks and say, oh, actually, I'm not happy. I should have been challenged earlier on this. But I think for me, like you said, um, you know, kind of a better than before approach is very, very positive. You know, oh, it's, you know, if you've gone out and normally you would drink, so if Joe normally goes out and drinks Let's 10, not discuss my alcohol. 10, 10 <laughs> pints, and then buys a, a, you know, a chocolate orange on the way home and a pizza. But then, you know, Friday night he goes out and he only has six pints and he only eats half a chocolate orange. He doesn't have a pizza. That is obviously better than before. And that is great from a mindset perspective for me. You know, it's a massive leap forward. It's a massive reduction in calories. But he still had six pints and a chocolate orange. So that's what you're dealing with. So, you know, these better than before approaches... Like Joe said, are fine if you're making progress. If they're not, they're not always going to translate into a result on the scale. So you can make better choices. You know, for one that I get is when people, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, I had this, this, and this. So I had, you know, 10 pints and a pizza, but all my friends had 20 pints and two pizzas. Now, in the nicest possible way, I don't care what your friends ate. I'm only concerned what you ate. And, you know, if avoiding certain foods made you lose weight, then I just walk up and down the biscuit aisle all day and not buy anything because it doesn't work like that we need to deal with what you are eating as well like I said so you know it's still obviously positive from a mindset point of view but it might not translate into a physical but you know bonus we are going to go off tangent a bit here but I'll keep going with it so it's the same as if someone <laughs> feels like they've messed up so they might go out and have your 10 pints and your peach and your chocolate orange but if the rest of the week has been so good they lose weight they don't really care yeah. I don't really mind that they've had a binge because they've done enough to be successful and ultimately, that's what I'm looking for, is for clients to get where they want to be and to be successful. So if they do that, I don't really mind on the methods. I remember I had a woman once who used to score six out of 10 every day because she'd have a slice of bread, you know, a biscuit, 50 grams of Ben and & Jerry's, mm. and she would be a bit low on her veg. And she would, but everything else was absolutely bang on because she could moderate so well. So yeah, she wasn't optimal in a few areas, but it was good enough for her to make progress. And that's ultimately all that matters. Any more on that? No. So, if you, yeah, so we've got these emotive feelings that are driving our decisions and often these will come out and ultimately you cannot rationalise forever. So people will talk themselves out and they'll use their willpower and say, I don't need X, Y, Z. You know, I, I need to eat my protein and veg. But that is just 
that's just the knowledge and it's not actually how to implement it. And we've talked about this before. We're emotional beings. We've talked about this before with um, adaptive problems mm. and bollocks, I've forgotten the other one. <laughs> Clinical and adaptive, something yeah. like that. So it's people see fat losses, I just need recipes, and that is looking at exactly what you need to do. But that's not what you need because there's times when things will change, you'll have a bad day, you'll be having meals out, you'll be on a holiday, you'll forget your food, the fridge freezer will break, you know, all of these different things will happen. And actually, it's how do you overcome these issues? And that's why fat loss is more of an, an adaptive and emotional problem because there's so many situations that change and you can't just say, no, I'm gonna keep doing this. And it's the, the example that Mark Manson uses is the reason they stop using lobotomies because you take emotion out of a decision it doesn't drive anyone forward. People know rationally what they need to do. But if they don't care, then they're not going to do it. So it's all getting a little bit lost here. So I'm just going to go with how can you make yourself act a certain way. So if emotions take you off plan, then you need strong emotions to keep you on plan. And this is one of James's bigger bigger bugbears that I would notice from the, our business relationship. <laughs> is from, that From being in each other's pockets. It's, it's, when, it's when people send in crap lifeless questionnaires because you need to have really so if you've got you know i deserve this i've had a bad day chocolate's going to make it better you need equal or stronger emotions to pull you back on plan so it's really important that you have push and pull emotive drivers so what i mean by that is is we read some really sad questionnaires i read one out the other day to, to james and to my to my girlfriend as well because we were talking about it and just about how shit it is for people this lady was saying about how she hated herself and she was disgusted with herself and she hates having to wear bigger clothes and seeing photos and just making up endless excuses. And it just, you know, there's a lot of detail. It's really emotive. And that's great for getting people started. I think people are quite quick to say, you know, my life's pretty good. Everything's not too bad. I'm quite happy as I am. But if you're not, then harness that and use it because it's really, really powerful. And then when you do want to eat shit, you can look back and think, actually, I've got this document or you know, this, this answer or this situation. So it's always good to have one, one pinnacle moment of where you kind of feel at your, at your worst and then conversely, one where you feel at your best. So you've got a negative where you feel bad and a positive of how you will feel if you act a certain way. And this can then help drive you forward because you can't just keep saying, protein and veg will make me look good, I don't really want sweets. Because you do, like your heart of hearts is making, you know, means that we want to have these foods because we believe they're gonna make us feel better. So we need to have really strong emotive drivers to bring us back on plan. So for me, it's always, I don't like having my top off in front of my missus if I'm mm. out of shape. And it's really important to me. And I know that when I'm in better shape, I feel really good for it. So you've got the, the negative and the positive that are the same size. And if I can think on these, when I'm wanting to eat crap food, it will really help keep me on plan, rather than just thinking, I'll be more confident or I'll be happier or these vague, nothings that people put into their questionnaires. Yeah, I'm done. Fuck hell, do you need a drink? I <laughs> so, just on that point, I've just been having a conversation an hour ago with someone who's emailed in, um, saying that they, they sent me this epic email, it's about four sides of A4, talking about how they struggle with motivation. Um, so I'm going to read some of it out, obviously keep them anonymous. Um, what did I say to them? <laughs> That's a brilliant line. <laughs> so basically I said you know kind of if you want to get motivated you need some clarity so you kind of what's it going to cost you like emotionally physically mentally to not change to kind of stay on the path you are 
Oh, there's my bottle going. And he said, uh, what I want to change. Oh, I said he. Well, cat's out of the bag. Get rid of the fat belly. I look like a hamster swallowed a tennis ball, which, as Joe finds, very amusing. <laughs> but from an emotional point of view... How did it swallow a tennis ball? Look at those big cheeks. I don't know. More um, so just kind of saying to him, I was like, okay, got to be totally honest with you. You need to dig a bit deeper if you want to get motivated. Why do you want to get rid of your belly? Are you self-conscious about it? Don't want to get changed in front of your partner. Don't want to presume. Fear they don't find you attractive. It's holding you back from doing things with your kids. You hate the way it feels when you sit down. You're disgusted by what you see in the mirror. Feel horrible when your partner cuddles you. Fear of dying early from health issues. It could be prevented by becoming healthier. So I said you need to scratch the scab and find out why you want to change. If I say I want to get fit and leaner, it really means fuck all. I'm reading it, so excuse my swearing. Fingers crossed no one's offended by swearing. Uh-oh. Uh, if I say I want to be healthy as possible, eat well and stay as strong as possible until all age, give myself the best possible chance of being able to play with my great grandkids and live an independent and full life, then how much more motivating is that? And that is something that I can thrust in front of myself when I'm feeling those kind of emotions of eating some shit food or you know skipping a workout. If I have that you know written down somewhere or as a voice note or even as a little video to myself. These are little barriers I can put in front of myself. Or, you know, you can put in front of yourself when you're feeling like you're going to press that kind of that fuck it button and just go, oh, I deserve this. Like, well, do you deserve that? Or would you rather... Feel comfortable in a swimsuit yeah, on holiday? Yeah, and it has to be something specific to you, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's why those questions there are so good because James is picking at the scabs that we see most often. And one of those is probably going to, you know, he or she... Is going to read that and go, that is me. That's the exact issue that I have. Like you just and say, that's the one you need to focus on. If you just say, oh, I want to lose my tummy. That could be anyone in the world. Yeah, it? yeah. But if you say, I want to lose my tummy because i you know, not comfortable getting changed in front of my partner. I feel really self-conscious when they spoon me and their hands resting you know, on my gut. Something like that is much more emotionally driving for you. It's going to be much more... It's a much more emotional anchor. It's going to be much more powerful than just going, oh, I want to lose my belly. That'd be nice. It taps into a specific moment in your life when you didn't feel great, whereas lose my belly is just so generic and so lifeless that you really do need to have a powerful kind of emotive cue to to pull you back into line. And I think that often when... To, to go on a bit of a tangent with, with doing this longer term is that people are quite good at the short term and they'll make these changes but they won't necessarily challenge their beliefs around the shit foods. They're, when they're focused, it's really good and they do really well. And then over a period of time, they let these old beliefs come back in and they lose those anchors and that's why we like speaking with people every day. That's why we like doing the wins. That's why it can be good sometimes for clients to have notes around the house so you're constantly reminded of how it feels yeah. or how it would feel because over a period of time people stop they forget these things that old belief that chocolate wine whatever adds to your life so it comes back in and you really need to look at that and think what is it actually adding to my life and you can get to a certain point where you'll be acutely aware that it's not adding anything it's just taking away it's, it's really not giving you what you want it to and you can challenge that belief so it's always challenging with one day so people will say, you know, how do I give up emotional eating? Well, so say you have a bad day at work and that's your trigger. Well, today, Thursday, you've had a bad day at work, you're not gonna eat crap food for one evening. 
you're just going to do it today that's it that's end of story yeah, just get through the wonder and then tomorrow morning you can challenge it and you can say you can assess it was that worth it how bad was it was it actually did you need to have shit food or did you manage to somehow get through the day without eating crap of course you did and you're a step closer to your goal so then you can look at those positive feelings that you're trying to achieve you know we said to those those goal emotions and use that positivity to kind of drive you forward because you need to become acutely aware that these bits of shit food and drink is what's stopping you ultimately and it's, it's you're selling longer term happiness for short term pleasure and not even really pleasure just a crap coping mechanism you're just doing it to make yourself feel better in the moment and the more you can think about this and this is why our questioning is so important the more it's going to be in front of your mind each time you you know you're in the biscuit aisle or whatever it may be or you're opening the cupboards because then you can draw upon it if you never think about it and it's just not going to happen and you it's no good and it sounds a bit harsh it's no good telling yourself everything's all right sometimes because it's not going to change anything we see a lot of people saying i'm happy with how i'm doing i'm happy with my progress i'm happy with how i look and then a bit later on it turns out that they're not because people don't want to admit it people will struggle to stand back and say i'm not happy right now because it's just not what we do people you know human beings don't tend to be very good at that but it can be a really powerful thing because it will help you change and if it's going to help you change and get you where you want to be in six months time and for the rest of your life you're then in better shape and you're more confident and you're healthier then it's quite a, an easy trade-off you know you're having five minutes of uncomfortableness admitting it's pretty shit to then spend a long time being happy or you can just bury it deep and just crack on and not think about it how deep, deep. Um, yes, I think you know it's definitely balls deep. It's definitely um, I've lost my train of thought now. It's definitely about stacking up the evidence. Like Joe said, if you always emotionally, or you know that's your go-to coping mechanism when you have a shit day, is to eat shit food. You know to make yourself feel better. But you know the following day you're going to regret that. So like Joe said, you know, you look to get through one day. So you put that barrier up, you know, whether that's writing down your goals and why it's important every single morning or having a note, you know, or a voice note or a video or a picture of yourself, you know, looking at your worst or looking at your best, whichever what it is. And then you stack that evidence. Like Joe said, I've had a really shit day at work because I work with an absolute retard in an office with a smelly dog. Talking about Joe Fenton, obviously, uh, when, I, when I occasionally come in. <laughs> um, so the so instead of going to my normal behaviours where I eat a lot of pizza and loads of Ben Jerry's, I have my you know my chicken, potatoes, my vegetables, whatever it is, and then the following day I review it and say, right, do I feel any better or any worse for having you know food that's more in line with my goals than my normal behaviour? No, actually, I feel much better for eating those foods I've just got a feeling of you know achievement accomplishment that I didn't revert back to those old habits so now I've got some positive evidence that that old behavior doesn't serve me and I don't have to do it you know that's the most important thing where people are like I deserved it I had to do it you know there was no other choice I've got a choice and then on the flip side if I do end up reverting back which you know it's probably not gonna be perfect every single time and I have that shit day and I have pizza and I have Ben and Jerry's and then I review it the following day and I say, right, I did that. How do I feel now? Do I feel better for doing that? No, I still had a really shit day. I'm probably going to have a, another shit day today because Sandra's still a bitch in HR. And now I feel like shit because I ate a lot of shit. So now I've got some, you know, definite evidence that that behavior doesn't work. It doesn't improve it. So it just compounds that effect that, you know, I'm more likely to do the right thing next time. Yeah, sometimes I refer to like building the bank. So you're building a bank of evidence that 
doing the right actions make you feel good and doing the destructive actions actually don't serve their yeah, purpose. Yeah, that you think make you feel good yeah. actually make you feel much worse. Write that down, you know what I mean? Like, know that down somewhere. Like, eating this shit food will make me feel shit long term. So often I see people that have a half or a quarter of what they used to have and say, I actually felt better because I mindfully and consciously enjoyed a, you know, a glass of wine or a dessert rather than having a day where I just ate like a dick and ate whatever I wanted. Because it just doesn't, more is not more when it comes to food. You know, more is end up often going to be less because it's, you're not going to get any more pleasure, but you're just going to take in, you know, twice the calories for probably even actually no more pleasure. Or even it make you feel worse because people feel crap when they eat too much crap food. So it's just all of these different pointers and these different tweaks you can make to the way that you look at things. And people often, people are hardwired different ways. So some people are very positive, some people are very negative. The only way you can get more positive is by challenging that internal voice. If your internal voice is always negative, it's just gonna take you longer and more repetitions of repeating something positive back to yourself. I'm always one for kind of positive. So in my 28 day challenge thing at the moment, I had someone who posted who's away visiting family, they're in London, visiting family and taking the kids around London. Um, and she wasn't happy because she felt really bloated, she felt really sluggish because she hadn't been able to work out, you know, do a normal gym routine and eat the foods that she wanted to eat because she was staying at other people's houses, those foods weren't available. So she said she felt like shit, you know, she it wasn't a very positive message. It was like, I hope everyone else is having a better week than me. So I just said to her, like, give me three positives for you visiting your, you know, family, your friends and showing your kids around London. And she came out with all these, you know, great memories that she's building with the kids, going to see Buckingham Palace, all these things. So it's just pulling positives out of negatives all the time. And, you know, that sounds kind of a little bit backwards from what we said was saying, you know, I only drank six pints instead of 10 pints. That is a positive. But then you still got to be realistic that you still had, you know, six pints instead of ten pints. So that it's not a double-edged sword because always look for the positives, but then be realistic as well. And try and find a path that's going to, you know, help you move forwards. Ultimately, beating yourself up for a nice time with your family, not going to help you going forwards. Beating yourself up for having six pints, that is a lesson you can learn. There's something you can do differently there. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing you get. It's with not beating yourself up, is it? It's just challenging. Is that a good thing? Is six pints a win? Or, you know, are there steps you could make forward? It's always going to be more you can do. And the more you can look to do, the better your results are going to be. Yeah, you've just got to weigh it up. You know, I had a conversation with a client today who um, had been to a dad's for dinner, and I can't remember. He had, oh, I think it was maybe like a dime bar, delicious dime bar cake. Mm. She'd had for dessert. Whole one. No, that would no be well, I don't think so. <laughs> um, which is cool, you know what I mean? I'm all f- oh, no, no, it was, sorry. Someone would make her, uh, I think her dad had made her like a gluten free dessert or something like that, because she's celiac. Maybe. Um, I'm all for people having like a dessert if someone made me like a special cake or something like that. Cool, have that. But get rid of all the other shit that doesn't add to your life. You know, get rid of the half pack of biscuits that you ate because you were bored. Get rid of the slices of pizza that you had because it's Friday. Finishing your kids' meals. Yeah, stuff like that. Get rid of all those things that don't add to your life. And then the ones, the calories that do add to your life will have less, if not no impact, you know. If I eat 300 calories worth of cake, birthday cake, because it's my nephew's birthday, that's cool. But if I eat 300 calories of shit every single day, just because it's there, then all of a sudden I've got a problem. You know, I'm adding two and a half thousand calories to my week as opposed to 300 calories. So leave me a 115 kilo ball for uh, Back on it. <laughs> Back on that weight gate tip. Cool, I'm done. You're done, you're out. Is that it? Yeah, I've got a bit more, but I'm trying. <laughs>
<laughs> cool. So thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Please leave a like, subscribe, review, uh, and know uh, on Anchor that you can send us voice messages, actually. Uh, if you have anything that you want us to cover, want us to talk about, then let us know. Post in our free support group. Email us. Send us a letter, a postcard. Terry Fidget, the third in the post. No. Thank you. <laughs>